To be honest, I was just worried about weighing myself. After the weighings, I don't care, man. I can be heavy, fat, whatever. Because like I said, Jiu-Jitsu is just fun for me. So I don't take it, take it really, really, really serious. You know, I know for some people it does. They take it really serious and I respect that. But for me, my main career is MMA and Jiu-Jitsu, I do it for fun. I do it because I like it. I'm a competitor and mm. I'm always going to get gold. Mm. You know, I'm always going with the mentality of getting gold. But my belly is first. So I don't care if I'm heavy. I'm going to keep performing the same. I'm used to it. Well, this only makes me root for you. What is up, ladies and gents? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcast, Rafa Sparza, coming to you with another great installment of the Grappling Hour. We have an awesome guest. There's a peek. I won't say anymore. We'll get to him in a second. Before we get to our guest, I want to go ahead and tell you guys, if you like this show or you like the guests that I pull on, I ask you very simply to go on over and support us at high.page backslash grappling hour. What you do is you see these interviews 30 days before everybody else. So you don't have to wait like those other bums and you're supporting the show. And for a few extra dollars, you can see tape studies, technique breakdowns, as well as a segment where people roast my competition footage. So we get some of the guests who are actually very good at fighting or jujitsu and they come on and they watch my footage and they make fun of me. Now, here's the thing. I'm funnier than them, so it won't bug me. But it's a good segment. So you can support us at high.page backslash grappling hour. Also, you can like, subscribe, and comment on this video to give us some more love. And you can also follow us on Discord for all the latest information that is coming up. All right. What do I have to say about our guest? All right. So I was covering the Up Next Fighting promotion a couple weeks ago. And our guest here had such a massively fun fight. It was a no-brainer that they were going to make it fight of the night. But I saw some people saying it could be fight of the year. And I got to be honest with you, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find something that was more thrilling than our guest's fight at the latest Up Next organization. He is a champion for that organization. He will be defending his title on December 2nd back here in California. Uh, I'm very excited to have a conversation with this gentleman for the very first time. Please welcome to the show, one, Yanni Vasquez. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me here. Well, it, it, you're the one having me here. This this is your gym that you were kind enough to allow me to come take a class and you teach wonderfully. I, I got to witness you doing that and uh, you're a very fun role. Very, very difficult to to push off. You, you're not as big as me, but you felt heavier than me. If that makes any sense, I'm I'm a little bit chubby right now. <laughs> I'm enjoying life, so it, it's it's no surprise that I, I feel heavy. I got a got a little secret for you. I'm a little chubby all the time, so you don't have to worry about any of that. But I wanted to say first and foremost, congratulations on your fight, on your win. It was maybe one of the most recent fights that has stuck out to me. That made me go like, yo. There were moments on both sides where you could have seen it go, oh, 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 oh. But you came out victorious and you were hype 
you got that crowd going. So tell me how that fight came together, sir. Uh, it was a really good fight, really fun fight for me. And then uh, to be honest, I feel like it was pretty easy the way it goes because uh, I'm a Mexican dog. I'm not getting knocked out. And then I like the way the guy came with the approach because he's one of the only guys that I ever fought that he's not scared about fighting me. You know, he always, he came and bring the fight to me and that was easy for me because uh, most of the times I fought people, they, they want to exchange with me, but as soon as they feel the, the exchange back, they start running away from me and it's kind of hard to fight those type of people. But this guy was like coming hard. He came with the, with the punches and then he bring the fight to me, which it was the best thing for me because... I'm always down to fight. I'm always down to scrap. And then, like I said before, I'm a Mexican. So <laughs> I was down to get knocked out or, got, or down to knock someone out. And then I mean, we, we came out with a W. It worked that way. And there's a moment where I thought they could have stopped that fight a couple times or at least one one sequence towards the end where I go, I think that other dude's taking some damage. And I know he was trying to stay in the fight. How were you able to stay so calm and calculated? Because you picked your shots. And I thought that was a, a, a veteran move when you were kind of making sure, like, let's not burn ourselves out. You know, you, you did a great job of spacing out your energy to make sure you got the finish. Uh, to be honest, I noticed that he was already kind of like looking for the way out of mm -hmm. the fight. And then, um, like you say, my experience allowed me to recognize that and then uh, take my time. Because to be honest... For me, it was easy if just jumping the guy and throw like volume of punches and then I like, finish quick. I wouldn't do that, but I was trying to prove and then show to the company that I'm on another level. You know, that was my debut in the company, uh, fighting for the first time title in the company. So I want to prove to the to the promotion and to the division that like I'm here to stay and I'm here in another level of everybody. Good for you, man. And I mean, it was a statement. Let's just say that like. That fight to me showed me a lot of what you had. And, you know, I was photographing it. And when you photograph these events, you get like these photos, these still shots that maybe the audience doesn't get to see. They see those big moments, you know. When you're photographing it, you see all the little nuances of like how the face contorts, how uncomfortable some people look. You also get to hear some of the things when I saw the pressure you were putting on him and correct me if I'm wrong, but were, were, were there words exchanged at all during the fight? Like, were you guys chirping back and forth at each other? Because I felt like I could hear you a couple times throughout that fight. Yeah, I was, I was, I was happy. And when I'm happy and I'm fighting and someone, like I say, they want to bring the fight to me. I'm always excited. And I kind of like talk a little bit. I always kind of talk because that's the way I express myself, you know? I enjoy what I do. I enjoy fighting. And then when someone bring that kind of like pressure and fight to me, I always try to talk back because it's, 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 it's just fun for me. Okay, good. Because I noticed when we rolled, you didn't talk any trash. And I, ha I had jokes prepared. <laughs> I was ready to fire back. I didn't know if I was going to need it. But uh, if anything, the thing I learned that is similar to what I see in the way that you fight, your approach from just my very short time in getting to roll with you is, it was like... It was fun. Like you bring a very good clash in the way that you approach your jujitsu as well. Like 
you definitely have a game that is uh, a lot of pressure, a, a lot of advancing and going forward. But you kept it playful enough where even if you're like, I'm bored of this position, let's go somewhere else. And I was just like, oh, this dude's actually a blast to roll with because he wants to go in multiple ways. Like you want to make the most of your time. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, like the first time you ever roll with someone, you want to be like, uh, you want to be nice. You know, I, I, I kind of like to do some like tricky stuff. I kind of like, uh, I mean, you already know I went for my basil bat, which is that, that's one of my signatures move. I mean, God and bless then, you for trying that because you saw this giant head and you thought a baseball bat choke is going to go and choke out this. This neck has had to support this giant head for this long. Uh, yeah, you know, like, I got to try, man. I got to try. <laughs> you see the target and it's hard to miss. So I got to try. I got to take my chance. And then I did. And then, yeah, man, it was it was fun roll. Uh, no. I'm, I'm happy that you came and then get some roll with, with us, too. Because uh, not everybody has that type of, like, uh, uh, they don't, not a lot of people leave the ego outside the mat yep. you know i'm a fighter i'm a champion of the company it doesn't mean that i can roll with other people it doesn't mean that i can get tapped you know doing yeah. the role because like jiu-jitsu for me is really fun and then i'm always came to have fun at the academy and then my professor always showed me that type of example because he's really humble and he he always roll with everybody doesn't matter who it is what level is the person so i try to follow that example you do and i mean it's interesting because whenever I go to a new gym or I'm visiting, you always feel like, all right, be respectful, show up, you know, obviously be nice to everybody. And there's a, there's a certain courtesy. And I felt like it was extended right back to me. Like the, the way that I was trying to roll with you or your guys or your instructor or your, your owner here, it was just like, it was everybody rolling fun, but like with purpose. And so when that happens, I feel like you get a sense of, oh, this is how he teaches class. And then with Russell, it's kind of like, oh, this is how he likes to pass. Damn, this is really effective. Like, oh man, I want to take this. I'm going to use this when I'm rolling the next time because I feel like that's the best way to learn. Like, I don't try to bring my culture to your gym. I try to immerse myself in your culture so I learn something when I come and, and get that. Because I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm the same type of person. The wherever I go, I'm open uh, to learn everything. Doesn't matter who it is the the person is teaching. Doesn't matter the level the person is teaching. I'm always down to learn from everybody. And then, you know, like we all have different styles, different uh, body types. And I always try to take everything they teach and then just apply, which uh works the best for me you yeah. know yeah. but yeah we always have to be a open book and then like you know write it down on our books like everything we, we see i just love the fact that you know as we're setting up this uh this little little podcast thing here that you looked at me and you're like you like leg locks and i was like i don't think i went for one leg lock on you and i was like but yeah i do so it was like oh good that's a direct hit yeah yeah good good call on that but uh, it's hard to do it when you've got somebody who stuffs uh, those attempts. Uh, I definitely, I think when I was going to Xgar on you, I was like, oh no, he moves very quickly out of this. So uh, I think you're right. I think the hardest part is, is although I am Mexican, you get the sense of like, oh, this dude's really Mexican. All right, I see what's <laughs> going on here. So how did you celebrate this win? So when you, you beat this guy, 
like walk me through what was going on in your brain the minute they call the fight it's finished what was going on in your head at that moment let's go get some food that, that was straight up man I, I told everybody everybody was asking hey where are we gonna go celebrate i'm like hey dog i want to go in and out double double fries milkshake my man so that, that is that the celebratory win? Because I was looking through your Instagram and I saw you take a photo in front of an In-N-Out burger. Is that uh, a tradition of some sort for you? Uh, no, it was just how I feel that night. You know, like if I feel like the night is about tacos, we go get some tacos. If I feel sushi, but of course it's always going to be first food, you know, like I can't think without food in my belly. So, <laughs> you know, like I burn so many calories during the fight. So I have to, you know, recover of that. So after the fight, we get some food. And after the food, then we think about what's next, which that night we went to the club and then get some drinks, you know? So, okay, hold on, hold on. You guys ended up going to the club afterwards. So you had a very full night. Yeah, it was a little bit. You know, it's just like one of my good friends, uh, David. Um, he was like, come on, man, we got to go get some tequila shots. And then, you know, come on, we just can't just go in and out. And then like, <laughs> That's it. You know, I was like, okay, okay, let's go to the club. So he got a table for me uh, at the club here in Santa Ana called Jots. Mm -hmm. And then they got, they got a table. They got a bottle for me. They were waiting for me with a sign saying the champ is here. So it was pretty cool, you know? Oh, that is cool. That is very cool. Uh, especially to be able to, you know, be with your crew, your boys, all that, and go out and celebrate. So that, that has to be pretty meaningful. I wanted to know in that same vein what did this win mean to you? Because sure, you can go out, you can celebrate. It's all fun and games. But you mentioned that there was a little bit of adversity that you were coming through or that you had some stuff that you were going through. So what did this mean specifically mean to you at this juncture in your career? Um, I feel like a, this victory means a lot for me. And one of the big things uh, is because I came to the U.S. seven years ago. And the first fight I ever did in the U.S. was in the same venue. Same venue. And then back in those days, I was living in Reno. And then I got a flight to, pay, to, uh, to fight in Burbank, Marriott. And then I fought there. And after that, like, uh, I've been fighting all over the places. You know, Miami, uh, San Antonio, Dallas, San Diego, um, Ontario, a lot of bunch of places and then but never went back to the Burbank Marriott and the first time I'm fighting for a title in the U.S. I'm fighting in the same place I make my debut so it means a lot for me it was that was the main thing for me that means a lot and of course uh, before that fight uh, I have a little bit of like uh, going down on my career we have a loss the it was a it was a really important fight for me because that was my my contract for the UFC, basically. And then uh, we have some injury and then it was just like hard to recover from that. You know, it was like six months, five months, five, six months after that injury. And then we took this fight for a title against a tough opponent. And then we have to be prepared mentally and physically, you know? So means a lot for me that fight because I came back and I proved that like nothing happens because mm. We got to keep moving on, you know? Doesn't matter what you did yesterday. Today is a new day. And guess what? Tomorrow is, is going to be a new day. 
So you gotta keep moving forward. Don't think about the past because the past is already done. So I just proved to myself that I'm here to stay. I wanted to know this because injuries are so mentally draining. What was the perspective or, or how were you able to maintain such a strong mentality when you can't train as much or you can't do anything as much that you like to because you strike me as somebody who likes to train as much, I'm sure, as you possibly can. But when you do have to take that time off, you're not necessarily doing that. So what strategies or what were you able to do that helped you in your case during that time? Uh, I think study, study the game. Because learning, you can learn from a lot of different ways. You know, you can learn by going to the class. For example, when I get injured, I was coming still to jujitsu here every single time that I can. And then I was here with my gi or with my nogi stuff, taking the class. And then probably I wasn't doing the moves, you know, cause I was injured, mm -hmm. but I was on the class watching, learning by watching. I was in the class helping others, you know, cause I'm a brown belt and then uh, we have a lot of white belts. So I was in the class and I was trying to help the white belts, you know, saying like what they have to do and then trying to help others, you know, like you learn a lot when you teach or when you help others. So um, that was the way I was trying to keep myself like motivated and then keep busy my, my, my head thinking about the game. You know, I was studying a lot of film. Mm. I went to a lot of film about everything, you know, like boxing, Muay Thai, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling. And just trying to hit my, keep my head busy and then fresh on the game. Because we're in the sport, the, the evolution of the sport is consistent, you know? And then you can uh, just forget about the game for like three months because you're going to get run through. So like you got to keep yourself like, evolving and you gotta keep like moving on with the, with the sport that's so interesting to hear because i i know so many athletes who get that mental check of when they're going through it and i know the hardest thing in the world is for any of us who have a true love of the sport to pull ourselves away from it now granted you're in the room but the want to practice is always there was there a moment when you were trying to like show something or you wanted to roll and you were like, no, I got to stop. I can't, I can't roll right now. Yeah, of course, there were a lot of moments where like uh, I was trying to do like uh, some stuff and I couldn't cause my injury, but, and I'm, I'm always, I don't really care about sometimes about my health. I just go through and I do the way that I can a little bit, you know, like pass through. And then I try to find the ways to go around the injuries. And then, uh, thank God I have a good body and recovers well. And then like, um, my, 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 my brain is always good and then keep me healthy. And then I have a strong mentality, you know, to keep myself like, uh, doing what I love, even when I have injuries. Well, speaking of recovery and making sure your body can recover well, this is a two-part question. One, you went to Mexico <laughs> and then you competed at the ADCC yes, Open sir. that they had there. And the second part of that is you went to Mexico and you were also working and putting a lot of drinks away as part of a different type of recovery. 
So let's start with ADCC. You weren't more than like a week or two weeks out from your fight. What, like, why would you not just like take the time off? Like what made you go to Mexico? And then what made you say like, all right, I guess while I'm here, I guess I should compete. Or did you go there because the ADCC open was out that way? Um, to be honest, when I saw the ADCC open was about to be in Mexico city, I really wanted to compete up there, but at the same time I have to go work because this flight, uh, to go Mexico city in September 15, it was already scheduled for like three months away. So, uh, I am actually opening a bar this weekend up there. And then, so that's why I went to work and I went to make sure everything was good because we're doing uh, some remodeling on the bar. And then, uh, so I already have a schedule on my flight. And then I was just like, you know what? I might want to compete in ADCC. You know, I always like to compete uh, between fights the more I can in Jiu-Jitsu because I love Jiu-Jitsu. It's really fun for me. Uh, but I was just like, but it's two weeks right after my fight. So I don't know if I'm going to have any injuries or some stuff like that to be able to compete. And then actually I have, I sprained my ankle after in the, during the fight. I sprained my ankle and I was having like a little like air, airline fracture. Mm. So I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to compete. But then literally the fight of the ADCC, the fight, the, the week of the ADCC, I was like just teaching class. I was training and then... I remember I was playing Call of Duty on my phone, like midnight, and it was the last day to register. And I check it out. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to compete. And I sign up and I say, if I feel my food is kind of like really, really giving me issues by that day, I'm just not going to compete. But I, I'm, I'm just going to pay anyways, you know, just in case. And then I pay and then like I take the fly, get there. And then my mom and my family were happy because they said, like, oh, finally you're coming to Mexico to visit ourselves and then you're going to eat. Because like you, every time you come, you come in camp, you're always training, you're always on the diet. So finally you're going to eat. And I came and I like, hey, I'm competing tomorrow. I'm like, what the fuck? How, what, what do you mean you're competing? I'm like, yeah, I'm competing tomorrow. So I got to make way. <laughs> and then, but after the ways, we're going to go eat. And then, yeah, we did. I, I, I went Friday night make way and then i take my family dinner and then actually we take some tequilas before the competition because oh, wow. it was it was the independence day you know so yeah right before the the tournament independent independence day in mexico it's like how i'm gonna say no you know and then i never see my sister so my sister wanna like take some tequila so i'm like okay you know and she's older than me so i gotta listen to the oldest <laughs> so i'm like okay we take some tequilas loosen up the body for tomorrow competition and then we compete. Okay. Okay. Great. I'm glad there was a night in between because if you're telling me that you got a medal after being like, all right, let's get out there. Now I would have been like, bro, first of all, dope, but also that's unfair that you're able to be that good after that. I want to point this out to maybe our viewers. Maybe you're not Brown. Maybe you don't understand this. Um, when a Brown family wants to feed you, it is, often disrespectful not to have the food. And I know there are other cultures that are like this, so some people can relate to this. But so many times when the family's trying to feed you because they haven't seen you in a while and you're like, nah, I'm not feeling it. That's not usually an option. So the fact that you're coming home and they're probably so excited because they go, hey, this is how we celebrate. We get together and we eat as a family and you go about that. 
like, can we delay it till I weigh in? And then I can't get too fat after I weigh in. So I want to be able to move. And uh, sometimes Mexican food can be a little, little, little slowing down yeah. on the body when you move. To be honest, I was just worried about weighing myself. After the weighings, I don't care, man. I can be heavy, fat, whatever. Because like I said, Jiu-Jitsu is just fun for me. So I don't take it, take it really, really, really serious. You know, I know for some people it does. They take it really serious, and I respect that. But for me, my main career is MMA. And Jiu-Jitsu, I do it for fun. I do it because I like it. I'm a competitor, and mm. I'm always going to get gold. Mm. You know, I'm always going with the mentality of getting gold. But my belly is first, so I don't care if I'm heavy. I'm going to keep performing the same. I'm used to it. Well, this only makes me root for you more because food being more important than anything is, is high on my priorities as well. When people ask me, they're like, hey, why do you just uh, roll for so long? Because I'll, I'll put on like one clock, which is for an hour. And they'll be like, why are you doing this? I go, because I want to eat. Like. I'm not trying to win pans or ADCC. I just want to have a weekend where I can have food and not feel bad about it. That's what I do this for. And they're always like, yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you lost a few pounds, probably not going to happen, dude. Yeah. Uh, I love food too much and don't have to cut weight. So, um, okay. You mentioned that you're opening up a bar. What made you want to open up a bar and how long has that been in the works? Because uh, why not? Okay. You know, everything is like, for me, I'm like, a, I would say like, a, I'm a business guy and I'm a hustler. And then I'm always hustling. Like I'm full-time fighter. I teach some private classes. I have an online store, like selling like shoes, clothes, stuff like that in Mexico. Then, um, I'm investing in some other stock properties and like, you know, stocks. And then I gonna open the bar and then I'm just always trying to put myself like in the hustle because I don't want to be one of those fighters that fights because he needs money. You know, I fight because I love fighting. I fight because I'm pretty good at it. And then I really enjoy to perform for the people, but not because I need money. You know, when I started my career, probably was, that was one of the big reasons. Because, you know, I come from Mexico. That's one of the countries that, like, we grew up. And then I'm not for, like, a, from, like, family that has, like, money. We always work our way up. And then fighting always was looking like an opportunity. You know, since I knew that some people was getting paid pretty good money from fighting. So, oh, you know what? That can be a way to me putting myself up there and others like, uh, you know, economy situation better with my family and help my family. But now, no, I fight because I really love it. I fight because I want to. And then that's why I hustle so much doing a lot of different stuff because uh, I can get money from different stuff and then fighting because I love it and I enjoy it. That's so interesting. I mean, I think this is a much better plan because we see so many fighters who have to rely on fighting and then when they can't fight anymore, sometimes they don't make money. So you're creating a diverse portfolio so that you have multiple options and that you have different uh, income or revenue streams that are kind of 
making it so that you can live a certain life that you want to live. It's a very smart thing to do. But you also mentioned that you're a lawyer in Mexico as well. Like, what does that mean and, and how? Because I'm starting to try and figure out all of the different things. You're like, I got stocks. I got an online clothing store, a bar about to open. BT Dubs was a lawyer. And I'm thinking, what are you like? How are you sleeping? How are you doing anything, sir? Man, to be honest, I sleep like five to six hours every day. Like I always told myself, if I sleep less than four, then I skip my first morning training, which is like the 7 a 9 a.m. training. But if I sleep four and a half, I'm good. I can work perfect during the day. But yeah, man, like it's hard to be honest because I work Monday to Sunday. I don't have a uh, days off. I, I, a lot of people say like my days, what is my day off? And I don't have a day off. My day off probably will be Saturday after uh, pro practice with my team, which is about like 3 p.m. Then I rest the whole day, you know? And then Sunday is the day I have like more private. I teach like the whole morning, but I have to do my training on Sunday because training on Sunday, I usually like do some boxing, some Taekwondo, some open mat because I like to go open mat. And then I have like five, six private. So Sunday I work a lot, but yeah, I work a lot. Where's the day off in that? Because I think I lost where Saturday the after, Saturday after pro, but, after but that's pro, not an actual but day no, off. But it's not a day off. That's what I'm saying. People okay. say, what is my day off? And I say Saturday after 3 p.m. I have the whole day. I just come home, get some good food, watch some TV. And then after like 7 p.m. playing some Call of Duty, you know, talk mm. some shit online with people on the game. You know, a stress release, I guess. Are you a major trash talker? Let, let's say you're playing a video game. Sure, you kind of can trash talk there. But like, let's say you're picking, playing basketball or something, or you're playing, uh, you're going bowling or you're doing darts. Are you a trash talker in those scenarios because you have this win gold mentality? Uh, not always, but sometimes. You got to recognize against who you can trash talk mm. and why, you know? Because some people, they're like really weak mentally, but they're really talented at what they do. But as soon as you start trash talking, they, for, they, they lose the focus. And that's how you can beat them, you know? Some people are really good in what they do, and they're always really focused. So then I can trash talk to try to see if they can get out of the game plan they're having against me. But, you know, like, I just sometimes like to trash talk because I just like to trash talk. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you know, it's just like... I just, I wonder that because the way that most people are built uh, when they are highly competitive individuals is they get really into what they're doing. And if they're having fun, sometimes trash talk becomes their way of extending that fun. Sometimes it's psychological where they get in somebody's head. Sometimes it's just, that's their way of getting out what's in their brain of just like, I'm aggravated and I'm going to insult you so I can get an edge some way. So I always like knowing that because to me, I tell people this, <clears throat> I don't think my uh, passing is going to be great, but if I'm roasting you while passing, it's probably going to happen. And probably better than it would have without me trash talking. Because I, I believe way more in my ability to insult people than my ability to pass without it. 
because I have seen people when I have zoned in on whatever it is they get insecure about and I go, how'd I end up in side control? Oops. Whereas if I was just trying to pass them before, it'd be like five minutes of like, oh God, I can't get past these legs. Ugh. So it's just something that I recognize in, in certain people like that. Yeah, I guess for me in jiu-jitsu, I'm the type of guy that like, I'm in some like situation where like, for example, I'm like on bottom and I started like framing a little bit and the guy tried to grab my arm. I'm like, okay, the armbar is coming. I see it. <laughs> and they tried to switch for the kimura. Oh, the kimura is coming. I see it. And some people start getting mad, but I don't, I don't do it like uh, with the purpose of make mad people. I okay. just do it because it's just in the moment. I grew, I grew up in the house. The, they told me whatever comes to your head, you say it. Doesn't matter if it's good, it's bad. Like just say it, <laughs> you know? So like, I always say whatever I think. And then like in jiu-jitsu, that's the way I always do it. And some people, I guess sometimes get kind of a little bit offended. But after they know me for a little bit, they say, oh, okay. Like, he's not, like, being rude or, like, yeah. a dig, you know. He's just the way he is. But I always does that. I always do that in, in jiu-jitsu. Like, taking my bag and I'm like, ah, oh, dog, I know the ambar is coming. You're switching <laughs> for the ambar. And they, they just, like, laugh now. Yeah, I, I tend to tell people, uh, part of the reason why I'm very confident in my defense is, is I just know what you need. So a lot of the times it's like, oh, I'm just not going to give you this. Or I know if you do X, you're looking for the Y or Z. Like you kind of get the pattern sometimes. So because of that, I'm smart in one way. And that one way is very helpful. But then it becomes a, oh, you're not going to get this. Because in my brain, I go, he's got 10% chance to get <laughs> this. Like it's probably not going to happen. But that's my dumb neurosis. So, okay, I know why not is a perfectly logical, reasonable thing to say in terms of why you would want to build a bar, but they're a lot of work. They don't come easy. And what is the name of the bar? And, and what are you looking for clientele? Like, what are you looking for people who, when they come in, what are they going to experience when they go to this bar? Mm, the name of the bar is going to call Valhalla. And then uh, has a reason because uh, one of the drinks we're like uh, um, selling on our bar is meat. I believe in English it calls meat, which is like a honey fermented with like a agave honey fermented. Mm. And then it becomes a alcohol. It's like a little bottle of like a beer, but it has like 8.1% of alcohol. We have like different flavors, five different flavors. And then this is the drink supposed to be like uh, the oldest drink registered on paper. And it calls Valhalla because like this is the drink they used to drink the the Vikings mm. back in the days. Mm -hmm. And they say when the Vikings die, they go to the Valhalla and they receive the Vikings with a, with a like, a, I don't know, like with this drink, you know, they receive the, the Vikings in Valhalla after their, their, their die with this drink. And then we're looking for like people that like to drink, you know, we're Mexicans. And then, bro, we, we don't need excuse for party. We lost a game, we party. We go, won a game, we party. Like someone died, we party. Someone born, we party. Someone, everything we do, we just party. And then I love my culture and I, I like the idea they put in a bar, you know, I'm, I'm partnered up with my friend and then uh, he knows a little bit more the business of the bar than me, 
but I know the business of parties a lot. You know, I, I grew up in a big family. We always have parties every weekend. So I know it's a good business, but actually we're putting some food up there because of course I love food. And I thought I can't have a bar without food. We need some food because like when I go visit, I want to go for the food. I don't want to go to drink. Maybe we do a little bit, you know, but we're going to put some food up there too. All right. Talk to me. What do you think is going to be the signature food? Have you, have you gotten to that part or uh, are you still in progress for it? Because I want to be enticed here because I'm already hearing the types of drink selections you're thinking. And I'm an IPA guy, so I don't know if that's happening there, but that's where I'm at. But you could win me over by just telling me what food I could expect if I were going to your bar. Oh, I, for sure. I already make, I'm the one that make the menu. Cause like I say, I want to go there and I want to do the menu and I want to eat the, eat the food, you know, and then it's going to be like a site. It's going to come in part of in on trees. And then we're going to have like a lot of like Mexican food. For example, we're going to have like sopes, little sopes, but every, but it's going to come on trees, but each sope is going to be different meat. Mm. We're going to have sopes with chorizo, sopes with like asada and sopes with chicken. Then we're going to have like little pambazos. Pambazo is a traditional food from Mexico. And then uh, we're going to have different tastes. We're going to have, like, of course, like uh, tacos. And it's going to come on three. And every, every taco is going to be different meat. Everything is going to come on three and different meat. And, of course, the desserts, too, and threes. Everything is going to come on threes and different type of, like, flavors. That's taste. super dope. Dude, I, I can't wait to hear more about this. Uh, the The brain is not... Uh, stopping so just hear me out on this uh is this going to be the bar like do you have like an idea to get the 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 reactions when people are watching you fight from this bar because you should have people videotape that oh, i think no, that's yeah i already dope. have i already have some videos of my family because every time i fight my family see my fights up there and they make a party like i say we're a big family and then uh of cousins and uncles and stuff like that for example my last fight they watch it on my mom's house, like always. And there was like 40 people, 50 people. And they always film the reaction. So, oh, so and they always send it to me. So I have the reaction of my family after they, they win. And then um, I have a couple of friends, they have a bars, they have like a restaurants and they always put the, the fight up there. So I have a lot of people that follow me and watch the fight and they always buy the pay-per-views. And then uh, of course my, my bar is gonna have my fights always. And then, uh, why not? When I fight, we're going to have some like specials, you know, like buy one drink, get two, yeah. some stuff like that. Cause like every time I fight, it's a party. So we, we're just going to enjoy it. That's great, man. Jesus. I, I love hearing all of these things. You know, I'm a, a huge, uh, alcohol proponent. So <laughs> I, I drink fine, but, uh, we always do like fight companions. We like go into bars to do interviews and stuff like that. So if the occasion ever came up, I would be happy to do an interview at your bar uh, because we always do those sorts of things. So we'll see. We'll see what that lays in the future. Since this is your first time on the show, I always like to ask people where jiu-jitsu entered their life. So for you, what is your first jiu-jitsu experience? When do you remember like first going to it and do you remember your first class experience? Uh I think the first time I did jiu-jitsu, it was like, I don't know, man. It was probably when I was like 16, 17. And then I was back home in Mexico uh, with my first professor up there. 
his name is Miguel Angel Romero. And then it was Nogi. I used to be only doing Nogi up there. Because back in the day in Mexico, the Jiu-Jitsu wasn't as popular as today. And then when I find Jiu-Jitsu with Gi, it was too expensive. Too expensive. And like I say, I didn't come from a family with money. So I will put it this way. Buying a Gi in those days and paying the membership uh, for a month, it was paying the month of my college. So I have to decide going to college or like paying a month of jujitsu. So jujitsu was like a really sport that was expensive. So I just doing nogi with my professor and then uh, it was it was amazing. He was really good. He was coming from a Olympic wrestling background. Mm -hmm. He was Olympic wrestler from Mexico and then he has a lot of catch wrestling moves, which I like it. Uh, and it was perfect for like MMA. Uh, so, uh, I, I used to train with him only once a week. That was the thing. Cause he was so far from my house and then, but it was amazing, man. I, I, I remember I used to travel Sundays to go to train with him and it was three hours. I was three hours in the soup train on the bus and then another bus to go see him train for two hours and come back three hours to my house. But it was amazing. When did you know that you actually had a love for this sport? Because it's one thing to just do it as a hobby, but you're pursuing it as more than just a hobby now. So there has to be a moment when this becomes the thing that you love and you want to actually do as more than just a hobby. Do you remember when that was? Uh, yeah, for sure. I remember, uh, I would say, man, my whole life I've been fighting. I've been fighting in the street in the school. My first fight in the school was when I was like three years old, four years old in kindergarten. I remember they even had to call my mom and my mom went to kindergarten and then I used to fight a lot. And then when I went kind of like high school, but in Mexico, we call secundaria. I was like 12 years old. I used to fight a lot, a lot. And they make the little circles and they always call my name, you know, when I was fighting. And I used to have like the first cell phone with like camera with like three megapixels or some stuff like that. I used to have like 20 videos of me fighting. And I really like the the feeling of like people making the circle, yelling my name. So I really like that one. I started boxing at 12 and then I started fighting amateur. But when I make my pro debut at 17, um, I remember after a couple of years of fighting professional, I was still going college and everything. And I fought one time uh, event, there was like 5,000 people, 5,000 people. And I remember when they call my name, I went, I run to the, to the cage. I went to the cage and I see all dark, but I see all the lights of the cell phones of people. And I see 5,000 people, which I never saw that before in my life. And they were just quiet waiting for me. And I was just running 19, 18 years old. And I was like, hell yeah. All these motherfuckers are just waiting for me. I have 5,000 people just waiting for me to put on the show. And that was the moment I was like, you know what? I'm a performer and I'm a showman and this is what I want to do for a living because I born to, to bring the show to the people. So were you mixing your training at this time? Were you going to college and mixing it with school? How was that working for you? Because those two things seem to require a lot of attention on, on both sides. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, from the age of 
18 till 22, I was fighting, training, and going to college. I went uh, four years to college. I left like right before, like two semesters before, like get my degree. But uh, I was already working as a lawyer on uh, like a little buffet, mm-hmm. and then um, I mean I was I was doing good. I really liked the the lawyer stuff. I remember even when I first came to the US, I I did couple divorce from people that was here in the US that they were like Mexicans that they were already like living a life here. They were already married here, having kids here, but. 20 years ago, they got married in Mexico and they never divorced. So I came here, I talked to them and I divorced them. So yeah, I really liked the, the lawyer thing, but fighting was always having my heart. Mm. When did you know that it was going to have your heart? Because you're so close to finishing. So there has to be something compelling. Was there an actual kind of event or did you just go like, Eh, I'll just not even do those two classes. Man, I'm to be honest with you, I'm the really guy that I don't like to play in anything. I just go for it. So what happened is that back in the day, I was fighting. I was doing really well in Mexico. And then I have a sponsors. And then one of my sponsors, one day, gave me the money to, to pay for the process of the visa. And I got lucky. I got blessed with God. And they gave me the visa. But to be honest, I never think about coming to the U.S. I'm like, man, what are I going to go to the U.S.? Like, what is up there? I never thought about the U.S., you know? For me, I was thinking going to Thailand because Muay Thai was my background. It's still my background, you know? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to go to Thailand. And then um, I started fighting, and I was saving some money. And I remember uh, I turned 22, my birthday. We were having a party and everything. And I was already kind of like... Over a little bit of like uh, the sport in Mexico because I wasn't from a big, big gym in Mexico. So it's a lot of politics. And then sometimes they were doing a lot of corruption yeah. back in the day. They still doing it sometimes. And then it's, it's, it sucks, you know, but it, it is the truth. And then I remember just one day I told my mom, you know what? I'm going to the U.S. She's like, what do you mean you're going to the U.S.? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going. Why are you going to go up there? I'm like, fighting. And then the crazy thing is that I never went to school for English in Mexico. And my mom is like, why are you going to go to the country you don't even speak the language? I'm like, I don't need to speak because this one is going to speak for me. And then uh, I went my birthday. We did a party. And next day I took a flight to the U.S. Never came back. So... I learned the English in the gym. Never went. I never been in the school for English. All the English I know is from the gym. I'm. I just know that I'm really smart. No, I smart mean, guy. listen, I dude, I can't do the reverse. I can't do Spanish as well. Uh, my family, it got lost. So my grandpa used to speak a little bit of Spanish to me. My mom had brilliant Spanish, but she didn't speak it that much. So it just evaporated to the point where when I was taken in high school. I was learning from a German Spanish teacher <laughs> and I was like, this is not right. Like I knew enough to be like, this isn't right. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, I don't think I'm in the honors class. And I ended up taking just the regular class, but all the kids in the honors class abused this teacher and just used their grade books themselves and just gave themselves a pluses and nobody batted an eye. Meanwhile, I'm like in Spanish being like, I'm Mexican. It's hard. Like I can't like conjugating and all that. 
it takes my brain too long. So whenever people speak to me in Spanish, I literally respond in English because I just, I don't even think anymore. I just go, oh no, that's not what I meant. They're like, you understand us? I was like, yes, but this brain only goes one way. <laughs> yeah. So that's my issue. So your ability to pull that off in a gym and just learning from these goons who, I don't know if they're the, uh, at most gyms, I think this is safe to say, uh, it may not always be the most reliable versions of English because uh, guys at gyms will probably teach you the words you don't need to learn first. Bruh, trust me. I say a lot of things that I shouldn't say, but I was I always pull it off saying that like I never been in school for English. So all the English I know is from the gym. So sorry, but not sorry. You know, like that's all I, I have. Like sometimes I'm teaching class and then like I have a lot of women's students and then like I'm a bitch. <laughs> and then and then like some people are like, oh shit, like what um but my students they already know. Like, you know, like I'm not trying to be disrespect to nobody. It's just like the way I I learned, you know. So it's it's funny because sometimes I learn I I hear some some words from other people. And I'm like, hey, what what does that mean? And they told me, and then I start talking that talking talking talking, and then my head is like, okay, I have a new word in my head, <laughs> you know. But like sometimes it's the bad words, you know. Sometimes like, I've been learning some words that people say, oh, you shouldn't say that here. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, I guess. <laughs> I'm not saying it. For never taking a class, your English is quite good. And I think you're doing just fine. I just know that uh, to make sure that we we come full circle on this, uh, I, I wouldn't assume that everybody who gets called a bitch is going to be a female. There are plenty of dudes that I have called bitch uh, in my time. It's just, it's the expression. And, and it's not necessarily always meant to be a derogatory term. Uh, you know, I remember there's this very funny moment where my sister was taking a public speaking class and it ended up being a teacher who I became very good friends with years later, but she was taking this class and she came back to me one day and she goes, I want you to know that some of the words you use to me are not okay. They're offensive. And I was like, where's this coming from? <laughs> and then she's like, I learned that some of the words we say to each other are offensive. And I was like, what dumb slut taught you that? And she goes, that's kind of like that right there. And I go, all right, fine, whatever. And I just remember her telling me this. I go, do you really mean this? She's like, nah, I think it's really funny. She goes, I just thought one day when they went through the list of things that you should not say to each other, she's like, my brother says all of these things to me. And I go, oh, no. <laughs> so I, I laugh pretty profusely. So that's why I... To me, I think it's always context. What is the context and what do you mean by any of it? So half the time when I call people like idiots, I don't necessarily mean they're dumb. It's just in this moment, you guys are being dumb. For me, I use the stupid. I'm always like stupid. But it's like, I'm not trying to say that he's stupid. Sometimes I might, you know, but it's just like, you know what, at man? the moment it came out. I'm gonna be honest with you. If stupid and bitch are the two that are like, pretty high tier for you you're doing just fine because there are worse words that you could be calling people and i regularly call people stupid so you're perfectly fine i do want to ask this okay so you said that uh you went back to mexico you didn't really look back but you have gone back in the time since when you go back 
are you able to get out and train there? Do you go back ever to get in rounds or do anything like that? And if so, what have you noticed are the differences between the training in Mexico and the training here in the States? Uh, no, for sure. Every time, that's another thing, like uh, how I know that I love what I do. Because every time I go to Mexico, I go train three times a day. And my family gets super mad. They're like, oh, when is the day you're going to come and then just visit? And I'm like, I love what I do. I love what I do. And then this is my work, you know? And then like some people, they really have time to take breaks. I don't. And then it's not that I don't have the time. It's just like my head, my brain doesn't let me. I'm always thinking about like, I want to learn more. I want to like do this better. I always pushing myself to do better things, to learn more. So like I, I can't, every time I go visit my house up there, my family, I go train three times a day. I go with my whole life Muay Thai coach, Mario Gonzalez, and my whole hometown gym, Kalmekak. I go to Romanza gym, uh, boxing gym. And then I go with the homies, roll, roll some jujitsu and then, um, the difference is like, to be honest with you, I, I like up there cause like, it's a lot of technique. Every class I go is technique. It's always technique. Boxing, Muay Thai, uh, Jiu is like pretty much the same here than there. The difference is the here I go competition training at La Habra Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then we have 20 black belts, 18 world champions. I get my ass beat up nonstop. And then in Mexico, I can beat <laughs> almost everybody, you know, or at least I'm not getting my ass beat up by everybody. That's the difference, the world class, you know, uh, competitors. But the technique is, 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 is really good. Like the roles I get there is really good. You know, I get, they push myself a lot, the, the jiu-jitsu people, but here I, I'm getting my ass beat up a lot. <laughs> and then the striking wise, like I say, up there is a lot of technique. It's just here we have a more opportunities. Uh, the U.S. is like a country they're giving a lot of opportunities to everybody. So we can find a lot of different people from different countries, from different places, and they all have different styles. So the biggest part for me here is the like, uh, we have a lot of different uh, looks. So when we train here, like, you can have different styles, different looks, and then I don't get those styles, those looks back home, you know? Mm -hmm. the, the training partners that I get here is like a lot of different than the, the, the ones I get there. You know, I go boxing up there and I'm training with like kids that they're like 16, from 16 to 21 years old. And they're amateurs and they're like going to school, but they're super good, you know? They're super good. Cause the amateurs in Mexico, you have to do 120 fights, 150 fights before going pro if you're doing boxing. Boxing. So those guys have more fights than me, you know? And they're like six years, eight years, nine years younger than me. Mm -hmm. But here is like, we have a strong like uh, wrestling background in the US, which is like really important for me. And then uh, the looks, man, we have a lot of looks here in the US different styles. I like uh, hearing a lot about the differences between training because 
I have yet to train out of the country. So to me, it's always fascinating to get that perspective. And from your perspective of coming from there, training out there, getting a great competition team. Like I know a lot of the folks you train with, world-class people. And, you know, it's so funny because uh, at the gym we're at right now, uh, Hustle Jiu-Jitsu, like I see photos of this all the time. Like I see a lot of my homies come here and train and it's so cool to see the people that you're with because I may not know what's going on with your striking or if you're taking like a Taekwondo thing, but I know from this side, like if you're in that room with those people, it's always going to be top class. Like on that side, I'm like, yo, he's going to be great here. So uh, I love seeing you join that group of people. And I, I want to say, didn't this week I saw it was uh, Adam uh, showed back in uh, Warsnake or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He just showed back up and I was like, oh, and him. Yeah. He was here Monday morning, bon Monday night. And then uh, I got my ass beat up by him on Thursday, Tuesday competition class. And then I believe, I don't remember what the day no. he was just like, uh, Jenny, let's go. Oh my gosh. I'm like, why me? Why me? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the way we get better. You know, yeah. like rolling with these guys, they're like world champions. They're like, they're in another level in jujitsu. And then that's what the confidence comes from. You know, when I train with every day with the guys like that, my professor Russell, which is like super good. When I get the time to train with these guys and then like, uh, you know, I, I survive, I survive with these guys. When I go to a fight, man, trust me, it's no guy that I'm gonna fight that's gonna have the level of jiu-jitsu these guys. And that's where my confidence comes from. So, I, you know, we're gonna start circling here toward the end, but I am legitimately confused what your future holds. Because in my brain, you're doing so many things that at any given time, especially for a guy who doesn't like to plan ahead and you just does, it's hard to pinpoint where you'll be. Do you know, as someone who said that they don't usually have like a, a plan, do you have an, a vision or an idea of what life is going to look like for five years for you? Um, mm, I wouldn't say I don't like to plan things, but for the things I'm doing, I'm already know what everything is going through. You know, it's going, it's going to be. For example, I would say in my MMA career, for sure, I'm gonna be in the UFC, and I will be there like next year. My time is coming, and I've been proving it. And then you will see me there. Uh, size of the business, I think. Uh, like I said, I don't like to play in ahead, but my bar is gonna go good, and then. Am I going to make a chain of bars, you know? And then we're going to keep hustling the more we can. We're going to keep hustling for sure. I would love to later on, like trying to open some academies in Mexico of jiu-jitsu. I want to support the jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu giving me so many things in my life. And then, um, like I say, when I started jiu-jitsu, I couldn't do gi because I couldn't afford I couldn't never compete in Mexico uh, jiu-jitsu when I was living there because I couldn't have the money to pay the, the tournaments. So I want to support my country. I want to support my community and I want to give back to the, to the sport. 
and I want to give him back. So I want to try to open some schools and try to like uh, giving some like uh, uh, memberships for kids. They they really want to train. They really need to because we have a lot of things up there going on. They're like, uh, we need to put our kids and our new generations to the right ways, you know, to the good ways. Like showing the like uh, the sport is a good way to live the life and then uh, they don't need to go find other type of like situations, you know, yeah. to, to do stuff. So that's what I want. I want to help a lot of people. That's cool, man. I, I like hearing your trajectory. You seem like you without having a plan, have a direction at the very least. Yeah, exactly. And maybe you don't have the specifics written out bit by bit, but you know where you want to go. And I think that's really cool because uh, I, I wish you the best of luck, not just in your fight career, but in your bar and your business ventures because we pull so much for our athletes to win in the cage, but... Sometimes we see when they're destitute or they don't have things, you kind of go like, oh, nobody gives a shit if they don't have money. So you're securing a very good future for yourself. And you can always go back and finish those degrees <laughs> if you really ever wanted to pursue that as well. So the fact that you, you've already done so much in short, such a short amount of time in your career uh, speaks to a lot of why I asked that question, because I foresee you doing a lot more, if not venturing from that plan in the future so continued success for you man um you know normally when we end i like to do this thing where i give you the opportunity to talk to that camera and tell us a couple things one give shout outs to sponsors your team anybody who's been helping you but two also tell us what's happening on december 2nd because i want people to know where they can see you fight and what's coming up next for you so that's your camera right there sir all yours all right, so December 2nd, we're defending the title and up next. Uh, I don't know yet the location, but you guys uh, keep an eye on me because I'm going to give you the best show of the night, as I always do. Probably another fight of the night. And I just want to thank you to everybody who support me, all my, my team, all my teammates, all my sponsors. There's so many, you know, and then um, I want to say thank you to you for giving me this opportunity to be here. And then uh, thank you to everybody. You guys are like the reason we do this. And then you guys are the reason we, we live out of this, you know, because without the fans, without the people that support the sport, we're nothing. A lot of people forget about that. You know, sometimes a lot of fighters, a lot of competitors, they go to another level and then his head go a little bit higher than what's supposed to. And they forget that we're nothing without the people who's watching this. So thank you to everybody. And thank you, dude. And again, thank you for the hospitality here. Uh, I will warn you, the next time we roll, though, two things. One, if you try a toe hold on me again. <laughs> Once I saw you do that, I was like, with 30 seconds left, I'm like, this dude's going to pull off. So I don't know what he's going to try and do. But he went for a toe hold. And I looked at him and I was like, the nerve of this man. Look at him. <laughs> Uh, I understood. I was like, all right, here we are. But the second time he did this, I was like, he's been letting me pass a little too easy right now. What the hell is he up to? My man's trying to buggy choke. And I said, okay, <laughs> now that I know you have a, a, a background in catch wrestling, it just means I'm going to spike you on your head. If you try <laughs> that buggy choke, because I'm not wasting time trying to escape or putting pressure on the hip. 
literally just down straight on your head. So I hope you understand that. And as much as you're like, oh, I'm a little bit fat right here. I was like, bro, you fight at 125. I can pick you up. We're fine. <laughs> so I will give you those heads up for the next time we roll. I like I like it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Because <laughs> next time we roll, I'm not going to be as nice. Well, that's fine. I'm not going to be as nice either. Now I know exactly what your weaknesses are. I know um, your neck is big. It created that big head, but don't worry about it. Don't worry that's about fine. it. That's fine. Wrist locks are coming. <laughs> Bro, I you know what the worst part is is like I, I like that you're coming with all of your douchebagness now. I was like, do you talk trash? No, not really. <laughs> Meanwhile, here you're like, yeah, yeah, you don't think I'm gonna get that? Okay, great. I just feel like we got confident, you know? That's what I'm saying. The first time you roll with someone, you gotta be nice because you don't know the person. But after this long time, I feel like I, we got a little bit more confident. Sure, so sure. No, I then mean now. For sure, the second time we roll, it's going to be different, you know? Sure, now absolutely. we know each other. Now, well, now, now <laughs> you feel like you know all of my game, and maybe you didn't see a fraction of no, it. No, 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 Because I, to be honest, I thought you were playing a little bit possum. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this guy's playing possum, and then eventually he's going to pull it up the leg locks. But I, I just know the... You were having, you were hiding something, and that's why I was like, <laughs> I was more worried about that thing. Like, this guy is hiding something. I don't know what I, he's hiding, but he's I'll, hiding something. You know what? I'll, I'll full <laughs> disclosure. I told you this off air. When I show up, and this is backfired, but when I show up the first time I roll with somebody, I download their game. Like I literally feel what they do and go, okay. Now it doesn't mean I can beat you. It just means I know how to keep myself safe. And there have been plenty of times where I roll with somebody for the first time and I'm like, oh, overwhelmed, can't, <laughs> shit, oh no, abort. But with you, I was like, oh, he likes to do this. Okay, good. He keeps his weight here. Good arm drag here. Okay. So I'm literally just playing jiu-jitsu bingo and being like, all right, he's good with this, 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 this. All right, I'll keep myself safe if I don't give him this or this. And guess what? Not hurt. Probably not going to get hurt with you. So I was just like, okay cool the second role was a little more fun because i just go like all right we can we can play a little bit more but then you started playing more than i was playing and i go <laughs> huh okay because i think i got this rushing grip on you this un inside like arm kind of thing and i was i was prepared for it not to be firm i was prepared for it to be kind of loose and then transition to something else and you literally just left your arm out and i was like what's he up to <laughs> so I think we just got in a case of like this is our first day rolling with each other. We're just like, what do you do? Okay, good to know. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, listen, I like, I like, I like it. Yeah, we gotta make a deal. We, we make absolutely a deal. next I, time. You, you know what? The next time, what we'll do, we'll also have beers afterwards. No, no. I was thinking it's a taco place here. Yeah. Next time, whoever tap, we're gonna go to get the tacos. What's the way? Tacos Manuel. Hold on, hold My sponsor. Best tacos. The best tacos? Best tacos, bro. I promise you. Okay, but I want to I want to make sure Closest we're... Closest Mexican taste you ever had. Okay, but I, I need your lawyer. You you know how this goes. What are the specifics? Is it just one person gets a tap and then we go? Because, and let's just say I get lucky, okay? Let's say I tap you. <laughs> Do you think in your head you would be like, all right, we're going to tacos? In my brain, I'm like, I think he's going to say we got to go again. Uh, we can set that up. 
later. Okay. okay. We need to set the terms later. Okay. Okay. We, we have a amount of time. You know, don't worry you're about set it. the terms <laughs> yeah, over yeah, yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. You're going to be like, I've had my lawyer look at it. I'm yeah, like, who's yeah, your lawyer? Yeah. Me. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm going to look over and be like, I don't agree to these terms. <laughs> yeah. No, no. We got to renegotiate You got to read the, the little letters, you know? It's going to be a no. And you're going to be like, why is there a steroid <laughs> test here? Mm, let's see how this goes. <laughs> no. Uh, again, can't appreciate you enough. Uh, I already look forward to seeing you after December 2nd. And I know whatever fight and your opponent is going to be, it's going to be a banger. So, sir, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for the time. Oh, thank you. Too. I'm going to go ahead and close this on out. Hey, just a couple quick reminders. Thank you. If you like this gym, this is Hustle Jiu-Jitsu out in Santa Ana. Come here. The training is out of control good. Russell will show you things about passing that will make you feel like a child. Like this dude's passing is so legit, so great that every time he was making a move on me, I was like, yo, I got to steal this. So much love and respect to the people here at Hustle. And they aren't lying. It is in the name. They are telling you what they do when they get on the mats. And uh, we got a lot of friends out this way too. A uh, couple quick reminders. One, if you like this interview, go ahead and give us a like, share, and subscribe. And tell us this in the comment section right now. What move should I try and get him with? Because... Like, I might need some help here, y'all. Like, he's pretty good. He doesn't look like he's going to get caught with a lot of stuff. He's going for my head. I think we know that. But what what should I get him with? Is he afraid with leg locks now? We don't know that. But in the comment section, go, don't look at me like that. You're already <laughs> looking at me all bad. <laughs> this, is like, this is like, you know, Hellboy is like hyper competitive. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, that's what I'm saying, Doug. Like, when I see some people like that, like... It's the same feeling I get in the fight. When people start talking, I get excited because I'm like, okay, okay. No, no, no. There's okay. not a giant I'm, smile I'm on your just, face. I'm you're just, not excited. I'm just you're, excited you're just man. looking at me like, okay. I'm, just, I'm just excited. Look. I'm literally asking I, I for I like to bring the challenge. I like I to bring understand. the challenge. Listen, I'm asking for engagement, and I think it's a fun way to get people to comment on the video. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but instead, you're sitting there being like, what did you just say about me? <laughs> <laughs> would you say i can't do mm -mm. i like that i like that <laughs> so, i want to see the comments i want to see the comments <laughs> so tell me what i should catch up with and uh, go to hi.page backslash grappling hour to see these interviews 30 days before anybody else and then if you want to pay a few extra dollars you could see us do tape studies you could see people roast my competition footage you can see extra episodes where we have people asked about steroids or athletes getting asked what athletes they respected that they've competed against or fought against the most and more fun stuff. You can even see me going through a table in one of my last competitions because that did happen. I don't give that one out for free. You got to pay for that one. Join our Discord at the Grappling Hour. That's it, you guys. It's been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats.